When I was going through the readings this weekend, the first thing that came to my mind was uh, Bill Ingvall's blue-collar comedy tour and the phrase he would say, here is your sign. I have a lot of signs in the readings this morning. We hear God say to Ahaz, I want you to do something. Ahaz, here's your sign. A virgin shall be with child. He wants Joseph to do something. He says, Joseph, here is your sign. And he sends an angel to him. Have you ever asked God for a sign? I think most of us can probably say yes to that question. You know, asking God, um, you know, are you there? You know, show me that you're there. Or, or you know, do you love me? Or, or what should I do with my life? You know, what vocation am I called to? You know, am I called to be a priest, religious life? Uh, is this the right person for me to marry? You know, send me a sign and show me that this is what you want me to do. And I know that's certainly the case for me. I remember uh, in the spring of my junior year of high school, I was dating a young lady. At the same time, I was also in a high school discernment group trying to figure out, you know, which path should I, what's the Lord calling me to do? And I remember asking, like, Lord, send me a sign. Apparently, my girlfriend was asking the same question, send me a sign, because he sent her the sign instead of sending it to me. And she told me, she says, Danny, I had a dream last night that you were a priest and you heard my confession. I think that's a sign that you need to be in the seminary. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. Loud and clear. Daniel, here's your sign. And today our readings tell us about perhaps the most important sign that ever took place in salvation history. We hear about it in two places. We have where it's prophesied and then we have the fulfillment of this prophecy. All right. So what's happening is this reading is kind of setting the stage for Christmas. All right. We've heard the last few weeks about all the different prophecies in Isaiah, the other prophets, um, and you know, certain teachings of the Lord and the Gospels that kind of led up to this moment. But as this is the last Sunday of Advent, we're really kind of getting the stage set. So we have the Annunciation. Right, this is right before the birth of Christ. Right? This is where we hear the angel come to Mary and actually in year B. So next year for the Sunday, we'll hear it more from Mary's perspective in Luke's gospel. But this year we have uh, Joseph's perspective. But we kind of have to go back to Isaiah and look at what's going on here. Um, and unfortunately, we don't really get the historical context in the reading from Isaiah. Why does Ahaz need a sign? You know, what, what's God trying to tell him that he needs a sign for? What's happening at this time, this is 800 years before Christ. And what's happening is that Israel is divided into two kingdoms, all right? So you have the southern kingdom, which is the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. The other 10 tribes are what's called the northern kingdom, or sometimes we hear them referred to as Ephraim. And what's happening is that we have the Assyrian Empire, who's threatening to take over the northern kingdom, the, the northern 10 tribes. And so what's happening is that the northern tribes are coming to Ahaz and saying, look, I know we've had issues in the past, but we are brothers under the same common ancestry. Form an alliance with us against the Assyrians. And then on the other hand, we have the Assyrians who are telling Ahaz, I'm about to conquer the tribes to the north, and you're next if you don't form an alliance with me. So he has two options. You know, he has to pick, um, who do I form an alliance with? And... The Lord wants him to form the alliance with the northern tribes. He wants Israel to be one people after the death of Solomon was when it split. And so this is what God wants. But Ahaz is thinking from a worldly perspective. He sees that the Assyrian Empire is powerful. And so he wants to be with, on the side he can win with. If you can't beat him, join him. 
And this is why the Lord sends Isaiah to him to say, look, like, listen to the Lord, form the alliance with Israel, don't form the alliance with Assyria. And if you want to know how sure the Lord is that he's going to help you to win this war, this is the sign he wants to give you. And then Ahaz says, I don't want to tempt the Lord. He's, he's saying, you know, poor me, I won't tempt the Lord. Um, you know, I won't put him to the test. Um, but this is false humility. It's false humility because he's made up his mind already. He's trying to find any excuse he can make not to form the alliance which is with, with Israel, which is the will of God. And so Isaiah says, well, this is, I'm going to give you the sign anyway. You're not listening. I'm going to tell you what the sign is. And he says, the virgin shall be with child. Now, even back then, 800 BC, people knew that virgins don't have babies. The point of the sign is that it seems impossible, but nothing's impossible for God. Ahaz is supposed to remember that back in the Exodus when Israel was, was conquering tribes in the Holy Land, that they were outnumbered many times and still won. And so what God's trying to say is, I need you to trust me just as the people trusted me years before you. I want you to trust me now. And then on the other hand, we have Joseph, a bit of an opposite character of Ahaz. And so we have the angel appears to Joseph, all right? So what we hear in the reading is that Mary and Joseph are betrothed, all right? And I've heard it often said that it's kind of like engagement, and that's actually not true. What's happening here is at that time, marriage is a two-phase process. Phase one is betrothal. They are legally married. You could say they've, they've exchanged the vows, they've exchanged consent, all right? So you could say that the covenant, the marriage covenant, is contracted but not consummated. That's what happens in phase two. But there's a space in between. They're not living together yet because the husband has to go prepare the home. He has to prepare a place to welcome his wife, to raise a family. And you couldn't just have any home. You had to build it to certain specifications. The bridal chamber had to be built similarly to the way that the sanctuary and the temple was. There's a relationship between the covenant with God and his people in the same way it's, it's related to the covenant between man and woman in marriage. Just like it is now with, with the sacrament of matrimony, you have the church in Christ, and then you have, it's, it's, marriage is a reflection of that. It was the same back then. So this took time. He couldn't just take Mary into his home immediately. So when he finds out that she's pregnant, you know, wow, this rocks his world. You know, and the church fathers kind of propose um, some ideas for us. You know, think of it this way. No one would have believed Mary if she said she had conceived by the Holy Spirit. No one would have believed her. So according to the law, she would have had to have been stoned. And Joseph doesn't want this for her. For her. He's a righteous man is what the reading tells us. He's virtuous. He doesn't want that. Now, it could also be that, you know, and this is very realistic, is that He's so humbled by the experience to say, wow, like the Lord shows her, who am I to welcome the mother of God and God himself into my home? That's a huge responsibility. This man is tasked with taking care of God's son and his mother. That's not an easy undertaking. And so in a sense of true humility, he says, this is impossible. I can't do this. So as Ahaz had a false humility in avoiding the will of God, Joseph has a true humility here. And so this is why the Lord sends the angel. So Joseph, here's your sign. The Lord sends the angel to tell him, like, no, this is fine. You have a role in this. You have a very important role in this. Because for the last several weeks of Advent, we've heard in all the readings that the Messiah will come in the line of David. 
Now, Mary's not in the line of David. Joseph is. And in those days, you got your lineage, or you could say your house was whoever your father was. So Joseph is of the house of David. That's why they have to go back to Bethlehem for the census, because that's the city of David. And so this is where Christ gets his kingship. He gets his, his line from Joseph. And so we look at these signs. What does it mean? What does this do for us? In a way, sometimes, if we're going to ask for signs, we have to be willing to receive the signs that we're asking for. And sometimes we don't know exactly what signs we're asking for. You know, obviously, I don't think whenever I had asked the Lord for a sign, he was going to, you know, my girlfriend was going to say, I had a dream you were a priest and heard my confession. It's not exactly what I was looking for. You know, sometimes if we're going to ask for signs, we have to be willing at the same time to accept whatever sign we get in return. That sign is an answer for a yes or a no. Because God knows what's better for us. Sometimes we want something, and then the answer from the Lord is either no or not yet. And so we have to have this humility like Joseph to accept whatever that will is. But then we also have to have docility. What's docility? It comes from a Latin word which means to teach. If we're docile, it means we're teachable. We're formable. We allow ourselves to be taught by God's word, by his will, so that we can actually live our lives the way he wants us to, because that's what's going to be best for us. To be teachable, to let God teach us what he wants us to do. So if we're going to ask for signs, we also have to be willing to be docile to be signs for others. What do I mean by that? You know, growing up, I can't tell you how many of you had asked me, are you considering becoming a priest? I think you would be a good priest. That happened so many times it couldn't have been coincidence. That when I look back at that, this, like, that was you being a sign. If I'm praying for a sign, the Lord sends you. He sends us to each other to bring that message that this is what I want you to do. You know, someone comes up to you and says, hey, like, have you thought about joining the Knights of Columbus or the Ladies Auxiliary? Like, if sometimes the Lord puts this on people's hearts to go and invite other people to be a sign for others. The Lord asks us to do that all the time. Sometimes we have that kind of intuition to say, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm, I should maybe do this. I'm not quite sure. Sometimes that intuition is just it's movements of the Holy Spirit to say this might be something you should do. All right. And think of the body. If the church is a body, look at how our physical body communicates with its members. If I have pain in my toe, the brain receives that message. You know, there's a communication that sometimes we can't expect God to send us an angel or to, to, to send a flash of lightning to knock us off our horse like St. Paul. Sometimes the signs are much more subtle than that. To say that he sends us to each other to say, hey, this is your brother. Go talk to them. Because more than likely, they'll probably listen to you, and they're not yet ready to listen to me. Maybe they're afraid of listening to my voice, but I'll send you instead. That's how this works. And so in this Advent season, we have to remember that we're celebrating the greatest sign of all. We celebrate it in sacrament here, but in a very special way, on Wednesday, we celebrate the birth of Christ, the fulfillment of this prophecy. We celebrate Christ coming to us. And think of the two names that we hear in the readings. Emmanuel, God is with us. And then Jesus comes from the Aramaic Yeshua, that he will save his people from their sins. That's what we're celebrating with this sign, that God is with us. And he comes to take away our sins, to save us from our own weakness. And so this weekend in the readings, God tells us, this is the sign I will give you. The Virgin Mary shall be with child. She will be with my child. She will be with me, God himself. 
And his name is Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. And in this sign, he's saying, my dear people, here is your sign. 